You're listening to Veg Your Best. There has never been a more important time to be vegan. At Veg Your Best, I'm here to help you limit and eliminate the consumption of animal products without feeling deprived or overwhelmed or unsupported, even if no one you know is vegan. My name is Michelle Olander, and if I could go vegan in 2015 with all my excuses, I know that you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best, and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 131, it's the Ask Me Anything Vegan Edition. Hi, my Veg Your Bestie. Hi, this week... It's been fun. I've been putting together a Q&A, question and answers at Veg Your Best. I asked on Instagram for some questions, and I have gotten quite a few. And there were some that I've received previously from listeners over the past couple of months. And I'm going to, well, I guess I'm just going to jump in and start and do this in a pretty free form, real time, as it comes to me sort of way. And I, I expect that a few of them will become topics that uh, deserve an entire episode going forward. But maybe maybe it would be good just to, I don't know, entertaining to hear my process in answering and explaining my personal thoughts. I'll record for 20 or 30 minutes and we'll see how many we get through. Now, remember, first of all, if I were coaching you, if you were my client, I would almost never tell you what I think. Very, very seldom. All I care about is you knowing what you think. Okay? So for entertainment purposes, let's see what I can do. Can I walk this line between telling you what I think for this episode and maybe giving you a sense of who I am and how I coach? Now it also it also occurred to me because it's the rage right now to type all the answers uh, for these questions, well actually to type all the questions into chat GPT. You know that's um that's the artificial intelligence app that a lot of people are using. And I thought maybe I'd compare the answers, but maybe that's a fun thing to do in the future. Maybe today we want to keep it a little bit more laser podcasting. No frills. All right, so let me pull these questions up and we'll get started. And let's start with, let's start with a question from those marvelous podcasters over at Compassion and Cucumbers, Sam and Christine. And don't forget, don't forget to follow Compassion and Cucumbers and don't forget to leave a five-star review for them. So the question is, are your kids vegan? Weeping. Can you hear me weeping? And this may be the shortest answer of any of them. No, no, my kids are not. My husband is not. My grandkids are not, maybe the youngest one because he's still just nursing. Yes, and I can hear what you're saying. Why am I listening to this podcast? Michelle is a failure, a complete failure. Well, of course, I myself wasn't vegan until my 50s, about seven and a half years ago. So I consider my family, my loved ones to be pre-vegans. Have you heard that term, pre-vegans? Uh, Matt and Wes introduced me to that term when I was on their podcast, How I Vegan, at the beginning of the year. 
And that's another great podcast for you to subscribe to and listen to and give a five-star review, How I Vegan. So pre-vegan, that's how I think of my family. And of course, of course, several of them are much closer than others. My husband, for one, makes more and more choices that are in alignment with vegan ideals. But there are still some areas he has not yet eliminated in terms of animal products. And I have, I have decided to not make that a problem for me. Did you know that you can do that? Did you know you can just make decisions like that, that certain things are a problem and certain things aren't? Because I could decide it was a problem. I could decide that he has to do everything the way I'd like him to. But so far, since that is actually not the way the world works, um, you know, I only have control over my decisions, over my actions. And yes, I've been influential. And yes, I could also decide that I don't even want to be with him anymore. But instead, instead, and I think I talked about this with Howard Jacobson a long time ago, I decided to consider him, well, I didn't have the term then, but I consider him pre-vegan, and I applaud the changes he makes. And I spend most of my silent judgment time, <laughs> I spend that on doing what I think is best to change in myself. Yes, I would love everyone to do things my way, and until until someone gives me that secret power, I spend my time changing myself. Okay, next question. So that one actually wasn't as short as I thought it was going to be. I think the next few here are short. Favorite color? Blue. Blue? Is there any other answer to that question? I'm actually suspicious of anyone who says differently because blue is objectively the best color. Uh, let's see here. Next question. Tofu or tempeh? Okay, I'm team tofu. I actually don't know how to work with tempeh yet. Tofu is very easy. It's very available. And I've not yet felt the need to add tempeh to my home cooking game quite yet, though I have enjoyed it. I have eaten it. I think the kind of bacon substitute that we buy is tempeh. Maybe it's seitan. That's another one I haven't worked with. I, I'll eat it. I like it, but I don't know how to make it or work with it. Okay, let's see. All right. Ocean or lake? Ocean. Ocean or mountains? Ocean. Ocean or Paris? <laughs> okay. Ocean. Ocean or Rome? I guess these are my, this, I'm answering it based on uh, th this, this uh, Instagram follower is wondering which I prefer and I guess where I prefer to be. Ocean wins hands down in most cases, but then she says ocean or Rome. Okay. And I consider that completely unfair ocean or Rome. If you know me, you know that Rome is, uh, I have, I have no Southern European, uh, DNA as far as ancestry or 23 and me can tell me I am very, uh, Eastern and Northern European, but Rome is it. Rome is heaven. Okay. Here's a heavier question, uh, that came from a young woman. I'll call her Ms. X. Ms. X says, I want to raise my kids to be eating plant-based. I was talking to a man who said, unless I'm open to feeding kids animal products, it wouldn't work for him. So we stopped talking. How do I tell someone this without getting them all worried, especially if they aren't vegan or plant-based? I don't want this to be a problem with everyone. 
So I don't have permission to use this young woman's name explicitly, so I'll call her Ms. X. And this is, of course, a question that a lot of vegans have. But it's also, I'd like to say that it's also just one of the many problems and decisions and negotiations couples have when they navigate life together. Uh, you know, there are so many questions like, where will you live? Will you get married uh, legally or in a religious ceremony or both? Who chooses the songs if there's a wedding reception? Will kids go to daycare? Does your family eat at McDonald's or do you keep kosher or halal? Whose parents will you see on which vacations or during which holidays? Who stays home with kids when they're sick? Who will be the guardian if both parents die? There are endless, endless important questions that come up in a relationship. And I think sometimes as vegans or vegetarians or plant-based, we can find ourselves thinking that the vegan question is the question, the particularly challenging issue. And I wonder, I wonder if that's true. I wonder if it is just one of a million or so challenging things we need to work out for ourselves when we bring when we bring strong values and preferences and traditions and opinions into a relationship. So just thinking about it now, I think that when we're all in, and I think when our partner is all in on the relationship, so unless, you know, I would say unless that sort of commitment, that sort of enthusiasm exists for the relationship to begin with, well, I might be tempted to just think it's not the right relationship. Now, of course, let's consider the source here. I am an older woman now. Dating is way, 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 way back in my memory banks. But I do fully remember thinking that not everyone would want me. A lot of people wouldn't want uh, a pale, frizzy-haired, flat-chested, bookworm, introverted, decidedly unstylish woman. I mean, that, those are just some of the verbs, uh, sorry, some of the uh, adjectives you could use to describe me and, and the ones I thought might be less attractive to people. But I tend to think that if my, if my husband now, my now husband could find, could find his dream girl in there somewhere, that vegan would hardly be a deal breaker. But I do wonder, I wonder what others of you think. And for sure, um, for sure, the coach in me, the coach in me knows that this is something Ms. X should really be thinking of, pers- like really not my answer at all. It should be coming simply from her to be thinking about what some men might be thinking about her choices is probably not where I would want her to spend her time or her thinking energy, I think I'd want her to be thinking about whether these men fit her ideas. That's where I would hope she would decide to put her uh, intention into whether these men fit her requirements or her, uh, whether she respects them. Of course, you know, Many people in the world that we run into, they don't even realize yet. They haven't even been exposed yet to the fact that experts do agree a healthy vegan diet is very possible for children as well as adults. So I think we also need to remember that many men who might at first uh, assume that a plant-based diet might not be optimal for their children, 
many men might actually be persuaded by this research over time, especially if this research was being uh, shared with them by someone they respect and love in a relationship. Now, this question, this question, relationships, dating, marriage, and vegans, I think is an excellent podcast topic of its own. And I would just like to leave you with a thought for now that there are Honestly, there are many, many, many areas to be navigated during a marriage. And you could also just decide that veganism or a plant-based diet is not a bigger issue in your marriage than, than many others. For example, monogamy or division of labor or education or recreational alcohol or drug use or housework or political affiliation. Okay, so there are lots of things we need to navigate in our relationships. Maybe veganism is not a deal breaker, and maybe we sometimes give it too much negative spin. It's going to be a problem. Now, Jesse, Jesse, friend of the show over on Instagram, direct messaged me a question which I think belongs here and also deserves its own podcast, but let's see. Let's see what I can do here. Jesse writes, I do know that you've covered this before, but any strategies for not getting overwhelmed or losing hope with the amount of animal exploitation that continues to happen on such a large scale all over the world? You know, thank you for that question, Jesse. And I thank you also for always being such a supporter of Veg Your Best. You know, I'd like to suggest that our emotions are always there to guide us, even the, even the painful ones. There are facts out there. There are things we see about the way animals are treated uh, in a variety of environments. And for sure, in CAFOs, for example, uh, I guess everybody knows that term, CAFOs, maybe, C-A-F-O. They are Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations. And this is the primary way industrial animal agriculture is conducted. And I think almost anyone, not just vegans, anyone looking at these scenes of industrial animal agriculture would in general feel appalled or scared or depressed or sad or sickened. And we may feel overwhelmed or impotent. We may feel hopeless because we're thinking that this issue is so big that we can't make a difference. You know, I remember when my very first child, Sophia, was born in late 1989. The news at that time was filled with the problem of HIV-AIDS in, in a variety of situations, but the one I was fixated on were in poverty-stricken Romanian orphanages. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but I, I think it's similar because the scenes were so heartbreaking for me. I was 30 years old. I was taking on this new adventure of pregnancy and being a mom, and I found myself very sad, very overwhelmed, and thinking that, you know, as my grandmother used to say, there but for the grace of God go I, that there was no cosmic difference between my child and those children who had been abandoned were in overburdened facilities, ill, 
getting their vaccinations through improperly sterilized needles, and then being infected with HIV along with receiving those medications and inoculations and not enough people to even hug them. And I found those thoughts very intrusive uh, in my late pregnancy and early, uh, early motherhood. I found them painful. I found it scary. And I remember telling my dad, who told me, I remember like it was yesterday, that the price, the price of loving life is being aware that it is fragile and temporary. And what I'm saying is that I think it is really normal. It is really natural to feel strong sadness and anger and fear and hopelessness when we see certain things. And it's just the price of living and loving life. And I always suggest that we, when feeling these strong feelings, practice asking ourselves, what else is true? What is also true? I saw kids who were getting ill, poor treatment, and no love. But what was also true was there were people in my home that I could focus on. There were community organizations that I could try to support that were doing good work. You know, there is no denying that atrocities are happening, whether to animals or children, to beings in countless situations. I don't want to feel good about those things. I don't want to just cheer up. I don't want to just not think about it or hope someone else fixes things or that it changes. I don't want to feel fine about certain things. But I do want to ask myself to think about what else is true. What else is true? You can answer that in your own homes right now or in your car or on your walk or wherever you are right now. What else is true? There is a lot of suffering. What does that open up for me? What does that mean about how I want to show up today or this week or even right this minute? In general, my strategy is I want to make sure that I'm focusing on the ethical choices available to me right here, right now, and I never diminish that. I decide that what I can do is not insufficient. It is important. And in fact, it may not be enough to change everything. Of course, it won't be. But it changes something, and that's where I keep my focus. So I decide to think that every single time you pick up trash, every single time you encourage someone or offer your help or opt out of giving money to people who torture animals and decide to give money to people and organizations that are in line with your ethics, I decide to believe that you are literally changing the world with each of those actions. And when you do it with love and hope, I think you inspire others much, much more than when you do those same things out of despondency or hopelessness. And one thing I know for sure, especially having come out of this, uh, well, I think we've come out of this pandemic, but there has been a tremendous mental health uh, crisis. Many of us know people who've really suffered through a lot of what's gone on. 
And there are young people, there are young people watching us every minute of every day. And I think it's possible that young folks really need more than ever to see our actions are born of love and hope and commitment and that we're making those choices. I think, I think young people need to see us doing that more now than at any other recent time. So not to, not to stretch this out, but to answer Jesse and so many of us who find ourselves outraged, demoralized, overwhelmed by what we see, keep asking yourselves, what else is true though? What else is true that right now, right now I have breath. Right now I have some health, some strength, some agency. Right now I can make choices. Right now I can give comfort. Right now I can underwrite compassion. I can show young people how I decide to show up when it's hard and when it's sad and when it actually doesn't feel like I can do enough but I can still show up. Now, your answer might be different, right? What else is true for you? It doesn't do away with painful realities, but I think, I think it can help us stay in action and stay visible. There's that famous quote from Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers said his mother would tell him uh, when he was a boy and there would be scary things in the news, or scary ideas, she'd say, Look for the helpers. You'll always find people in any emergency who are helping. I think that is as good advice as anyone can get, no matter what we see. It does not discount what is really wrong out there. But no matter what is wrong, no matter what we see, we can, each of us, aspire to be one of the helpers. So thank you, Jesse. I know you are yourself a helper. And thank you for the question. And I think that this is also a topic worthy of revisiting in a variety of ways with a variety of people as the weeks go on during the podcast. Okay, now that was a pretty heavy one. And I'm answering in a longer format than, uh, than I anticipated when I started this. So I think I will break this Q&A format into two parts. But here's one more. <laughs> Here's one more before I finish up today's episode. Do I eat breakfast? And if so, what do I eat for breakfast? Now, for many years, many years, even pre-vegan, I did not eat breakfast, only black coffee. And I still drink black coffee, but I have recently, <laughs> okay, this is, this, is, this is a change because of my podcast. I have recently become a fan of previous guest, Bobby Giudicelli's super loaves. And I don't think it's super loaves. I think she calls them super loaves. If you don't remember that episode, Bobby Giudicelli and her son started a food company called Read the Ingredients. Uh, Bobby, I think it was episode, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, while I'm talking, scroll through, I think it was episode 90. Episode 98, Bobby Giudicelli, Read the Ingredients. And Bobby's also a vegan. She's also a food advocate, and she's written a really interesting book called Freedom from a Toxic Relationship with Food. Bobby was a great guest. And after our conversation, I ordered her 
sam- sampler of super loaves, and you can find them on Amazon. But I think the better price is if you go to her website for read the ingredients. And these are these loaves are. Okay, the first time I ate the first one, I thought it was a little bit, mm, but I have learned to really, really love them. The reason it was a little flat, because these are really whole foods. They're whole foods. They're sugar-free. They're gluten-free, very fiber-filled, and uh, I usually have one or half of one every morning now. I mean, all I can say is they are extremely wholesome and you feel like you have actually supported yourself in some way. So this was not an expected question and it is uh, the truth. My, my family can all attest to the fact that there is a read the ingredients super loaf uh, with my coffee virtually every morning. I like the chocolate ones. I didn't like the chocolate ones at first because they are like, um, you know how chocolate when it does, when it's not sweet can be kind of, um, not bitter, but just, uh, our, our taste buds have been trained, you know, so we, we kind of expect it to be like milk chocolate. This is very yummy though. Chocolate one. Uh, I like the banana one. There's also carrot cake style ones. They're filled with carrots and nuts. Uh, the apple one, I can't remember how many there are, but usually I get the banana and the chocolate and no, they're not sweet. They're very dense. They're not cake at all, but they are very, very satisfying. So not a commercial, but that's the answer. That is what I eat for brekkie most mornings with black coffee. Uh, okay. Caveat, unless, unless I'm in the UK. So if I'm in the UK and staying somewhere that has a full vegan breakfast and a full vegan breakfast is like, uh, the full English breakfast, Uh, that some of us grew up with. It usually has something like beans, grilled tomatoes, mushrooms, uh, very often a plant-based sausage, uh, a hash brown or cauliflower hash, and maybe avocado toast. And last April, we were in the UK. And boy, both my husband and I loved the hotel vegan breakfasts we had. And we were talking about them this morning because we are dreaming of them again right now because we're planning another trip this May to uh, Edinburgh this time, then down to Northern England and then London. So that's my brekkie answer. Did you have any idea it was going to be that long? (laughs) All right, I'm going to make this the last question. Um, The last question for this, this week's episode. I have quite a few more here that I've taken from Instagram and from my email. So Uh, let's let today's percolate. If you have any thoughts or questions that you haven't sent yet, please send them in, uh, email me or DM me over on Instagram at VegYourBest. And honestly, if you think I'm way out of line, feel free, feel free to tell me, maybe you're right. Um, you know, when I coach, I don't tell you what to think. I help you decide what you want to think and I help you create the energy help you create the feelings you need to be as effective as you can be with what you do think. But it's not one and done, right? We're we're navigating this life a minute at a time, an hour at a time, a day at a time. And for sure, my thoughts and feelings have evolved over the past almost 64 years. And I don't think that's a problem. I hope that if I change my mind, I will change it to something that is kinder, more compassionate, and better. 
So I prefer to think that that's the miracle of being a human, is that you can learn more and do better. Okay. All right, kids. Keep sending in the questions. I'll see you next week. And until then, veg your best. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So, until next week, make it easy and veg your best.